Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. It's Friday. Jamal, I'm back. What's going on, man? I was in Miami. I was in Miami, and people knew you. Did you see that picture I took? Yeah, man, I saw that, man. I had a panel, and this guy at the end of it said, "Uh, you know, I had met you when you were in Tampa, and you did a session, and I really liked it. And I'm like, wait, wait, that's where I met Jamal. He's like, oh, you know Jamal Crook. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to know. Yeah. And uh, he spoke highly of you. No, so he's the man. That's speaking man. speaking of, man. well, I, I know that's what he said. He's like, yeah, I, I kind of, he took credit. He said that you're yeah. nothing without him. No, this he didn't one, say that. He didn't he, say that. He teed it up for me, man. Yeah. He, uh, he was, he was very influential <laughs> in my teaching career. Well, ironically enough, it's what we're talking about today. Um, something that you had to adjust to early because. Like, let's be honest, you you got thrown, no, not thrown, you put yourself into some leadership positions at a young age, and this is something you're passionate about and something you are you're you have a lot of insights on is, is leadership within the school. Um, so let's right. talk about that. Yeah, um, well, yeah, let's talk about leadership within the school and then maybe transition to leadership in general. But um, for those of you who don't know, right now I'm 29. Um, I've been teaching, I've been in education, I believe this is my ninth year or ninth school year, you know, school years are two months shorter than the the actual year. So this is my ninth school year. Um, I got my first chance at leadership at the school level, um, when I was 20, so two years ago, when I was 27, um, I started at this point and it was a it was a principalship at a, at a small private school. Um, now, if you think, well, small means that there is less work, uh, think again, um, as far as the, 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 all of the skills that it takes to lead something small, it takes the same exact skills to lead something uh, that's big. And um, it, it, Don, it wasn't a, a easy, wasn't an easy thing um, going from, you know, just being a coordinator of a college and career readiness program and being insulated um, by a lot of the, I guess the their normal school functions around you and only really having to focus on your students and your program to being now responsible for the whole school, including the teachers um, or just the, just the people. Uh, from the parents to the executive leadership to the uh, teachers, like to the students, it was when you are the leader, um, you know, especially when you first get there, you are the focal point because it's almost like everybody's trying to gain two things from you, access and information. Uh, well, and, and both of them have goods and some of them like, yeah, I I see what you're getting at. Like some people want access for favoritism. Some people want access for, uh, you know, good positions and, and good schedule. And some people want access to more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think, you know, uh, access and information, those two things became evident to me because the, from, from my perspective, I think people want access and information because that led to power. 
and power leads to influence and influence leads to leadership. Um, I think I think the people with the, the most access to information um, are the people who are most equipped to make the best decisions in any organization or any anything that you do. Um, I don't know, I, I don't know much about it, but I believe that the Astros were just caught with stealing, you know, signs and information, right? Um, uh, the, the, the pitchers, uh, what kind of pitchers gonna throw from what I believe. And I use that example because that batter was able to adjust what he was gonna swing at. Now, it didn't necessarily mean that he was gonna connect, but he had a lot of good information <laughs> to make the appropriate decisions as to whether he was gonna swing or not to swing. And I think, I think those two key things are like were evident to me. And then just really, I think the question is, you know, how do you handle, how do you handle that? Um, as a new leader, uh, or, you know, if you're transitioning leadership, you're going to experience it again. Um, how do you handle those things? Right. Um, and I think, you know, from the perspective of, you know, for me, like that was one of the biggest like shocks because, you know, once you become the leader, you have the most access and you have the most information. And it's one of those things where you don't think that people are, are positioning themselves to either, you know, be or to have that position and or to have a position of influence that supersedes yours. So the other thing I was thinking of is, <clears throat> excuse me, is what was, you've always kind of leaned into some leadership roles. You wanted them. Uh, yes. What was that like, though? I mean, you, you started off by saying, hey, I'm 29. Um, mm -hmm. What was that like? I mean, did you have to, like, go out of your way and prove that you were worthy of leadership roles? I mean, no. Um, yes and no. So, you know, for me, I just start telling people my age. Um, before, I, would, I wouldn't even bring it up. And if someone brought it up, I wouldn't um, – I wouldn't uh, – you know, even acknowledge it or allude to it if I could. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell this story before I continue to answer about the age. I learned at the Florida State Fair that, I, like, just by what I tell people about myself, I'm perceived to be older. So, for example, like, I'm a homeowner, I have three kids, and I've been married 10 years um, already. Most people think um, in my mid thirties or pushing 40 for whatever strange reason. I don't, I don't think I look it. So like I learned Cause that. Cause you act it. <laughs> Cause you act like it. I can't help it. I mean, so when we hang out, I'm the, sometimes I feel like I'm the 29 year old. <laughs> You're the 47 year old man, but that's okay. That's okay. Keep going. I mean, I just, you were like, I don't know why. I'm like, I know why. Because you, you act like a 47-year-old man. I couldn't tell you why. Okay. Um, so I guess I act like a 47-year-old. But like, so like I've always, because like I, like I, I had a conversation with, with someone and when they found out my age, like it, it's illegal, but it became a hindrance to my access to a potential opportunity within a specific organization. I won't mention that organization. So I, like, I just dismissed it. 
but like I, I believe once an individual um, gauges the, the talent level of an individual, it becomes apparent that some people are able to handle, you know, the, the shuffle of leadership and some people simply are not. And I don't think that's predicated upon age, but I think that's predicated upon whether you can do the job or not, whether you can move students and move people. Um, so I think early on what I perceive to be a um, hindrance within age is actually a benefit for me because like even where I'm at now, um, most people don't know that I'm 29. Um, I've, I've recently kind of started to say, hey, I'm 29 if they ask me. Um, most people don't know and it's not an issue because I think results, I don't think results um, speak for themselves. It's not like I'm saying like, I have ground shattering, groundbreaking like results that, you know, I, I revolutionized the wheel or anything like that. But um, when you do good work, you just do good work. Yeah, I like the fact that you start off, though, by telling people like, let's just get this over with. This is my age. I mean, obviously, you won't have to do that too much longer. Uh, yeah, no. you know, you get it out of the way. The other thing is those uh, occurring to me when we first started off and, and I know like this is cliche mm -hmm. and I'm still going to say it anyway, but <clears throat> um, you hear like, you don't need to be in a leadership position to be a leader. And I hundred percent agree with that. Right. And, and, and I'll say like, uh, uh -huh. and I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, but I, I was never the department head. Um, I was never a vice principal, principal, never guidance department. Like I, I, is this, I'm, I'm about ready to set my own trap by saying I was just teacher. I was a teacher, but I had leadership in my own way. And, you know, I took leadership roles in the sense that we created new classes or new projects or new streams and new channels and everything else like that. So uh, I, I will say that I've seen some people kind of sit back and wait because Right. My air quotes, they're not in charge. And I'm like, no, man, like, cause I, I know like you, you can speak more to this than, than I can, but like a principal loves it. If you don't have a leadership role and you're acting like a leader, <laughs> I mean, the, like, cause I remember like, Hey, I'd like to grow my program. Instead of it being one year, I wanted to make it in four. And here's all the different ways we can grow. We can start using the community access channel. We can do a film fest. And he's like, okay. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, uh, you know, you, title does not make you a leader. Um, there, there have been numerous amounts of times um, at every school when the person with the title um, has no influence on the staff, I'm gonna say the organization, and that person speaks and nothing happens. Um, that is someone who holds a title who is not a leader, but then you'll have someone within that organization who speaks and then they, and, and things happen and things move. That is whoever people perceive to be the leader and leadership simply in, you know, in my opinion, it won't, you know, buy you bubble gum at the store. Um, but I believe that leadership is simply influence in your ability to influence others to achieve positive results for the mission or your organization or your school or whatever that may be. And if you have no influence with people, then you are not 
the leader, no matter what your position is. Furthermore, the thing, there are two things that drive leadership. And like, this is, this is so essential and, and I need you guys to catch this. So if you're not listening, listen now, there are two things that drive leadership, right? Those two things in people are the heart and mind, right? And I said them respectively in order, the heart and mind. If you don't have the hearts of the people that you're trying to influence, you'll never get to their mind. And if you go after their mind with data and analytics and why they should do whatever they should do, people don't operate like that. If you get their hearts, right, which takes time, which takes relationship building, which means I have to know about your family. I have to care about you on a deeper level. I actually kind of have to love you or we have to feel some kind of connection. We have to like each other. Because if I can get to your heart, the mind will follow the heart. Yeah, boy, I'll strap on that. And, and we've seen it. I mean, I've seen it like in a manipulative way too. Um, right. You're talking about in a good way and as yeah. it should. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that I, I agree. I, um, I think one of the books that I underlined bold and italics more than anything was uh, Leaders Eat Last mm-hmm. uh, by Simon Sinek. And uh, yeah, I mean, the great leaders he highlighted in that book, they, they put everybody, they, they won their hearts. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to winning over their minds, like I remember one of my favorite parts of that uh, book was he was talking about like, hey, we are going to have some hard economic times. Here's the light at the end of the tunnel. I think we can get out of it. But if you can, <clears throat> the people that have been working here longer and quite frankly have had a little bit more built up, please take some voluntary vacation days and more or less gift them to the people. So that, you know, they, some people just took unpaid vacations. Mm-hmm. And so that money then transferred over to the people that really needed it and they were younger and all of their stuff. And, and I remember reading that and like, like that makes no sense on paper. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, let the younger person take your money is what it's decoded as. But right. they like, hey, you know what? We're all in this together. We can write the ship. By the economic forecast, we think that we can get out of this, but there's going to be some hard times ahead. Won't you please not work? You know, would you please take a week off? Mm-hmm. And and younger person that needs the money, okay, you're probably not going to take any vacation this year, but go ahead and grab those extra hours. I think that was genius. And, oh, yeah. I, and, I've, and I've seen that to where great principles, uh, I mean, now we're circling back to school, but, you know, great principles, they made you the rock star. When times were tough, they, they sacrificed it. And, and I know even, even like in an elementary school sense, you know, I've seen time and time again, the, the principles my, my children had, you know, they, they would be the one in the dunk tank or shaving their head or, you know, putting, you know, whipped cream on their face or whatever. And, and uh, I just love that, you know, making sure the heart's there before the head. Right. And, you know, you know, as, as I was reflecting today, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing some initiatives at my school um, to work with bottom quartile students. And if you are at a school, this is a shameless plug and I'm into learning. If you are at a school and you guys are doing a really fantastic job moving your bottom quartile students, please shoot me an email. I would love to um, discuss and brainstorm and throw some ideas at you. 
to see kind of what you guys do and learn more about it. Um, but um, I'm leading some initiatives, and um, the one of one of the one of the most exhausting things and the best things about you know leadership is the the intellectual capacity in which you have to operate on a daily basis in in the sense of giving yourself to others listening to all of their making other people the center of your universe and that has been um as of late the most rewarding and the most challenging thing that you have that, that i've had to do over these last you know month month and a half you know you try to do it every day but it's intensified because you know you're trying to move people to a higher level and the only way or say move people to a higher level or move people in direction to impact change for other people you have to connect to those people so those people can connect to other people and spending the time to talk to get to know them to you know build that trust on a deeper level has has been the most physically exhausting thing that um i've done in the last month and a half mm, i like that um one thing i'll uh i was <coughs> take on it flu season um actually i'm over that but uh one thing that uh has always stood out is is a quote and this is a little bit of a left turn but it circles all back although it's kind of in the in the hands of students but um seth Godin's quote is that education can be boiled down to two things solving interesting problems and the leadership to get it done mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at a teacher level and a student level i mean like yeah, every seriously level. every now and then i t- i think of that and i used to start i mean like that was a like Actually, I think it was from Lynchpen, the book Lynchpen uh, from Seth Godin. And I, I hit metaphorically my students over the head with that quote. And like the more we thought about it, we're like, well, solving interesting problems and then the leadership to get it done. Because A, I mean, I, I think that, you know, inquiry and curiosity of wanting to get things done or the, like solve interesting problems. But, I, you know, I know both administrators, teachers, adults, New Year's resolutions, whatever, that leadership to lead people to get things done or lead yourself to get it done is I always think like the gold standard of what I think of not only education, but it's that crown jewel of anything. Yeah, like any business, solving interesting problems and the leadership to get it done. That leadership to get it done is so, so crucial. And and obviously there's so many nuances to it. And Right. Now, in this new role, you know, this new role I have, I, I, I'm, I, I'm learning by the day um, what leadership is, and I've come short several times. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us to get things done, I know that I have to take ultimate responsibility because if they didn't do their job right, I didn't prepare them right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just I don't know. It's an exciting time, and that's. That's why I'm glad you wanted to do this podcast because like there's a lot of year one, two, three, four year teachers that absolutely are leaning into that leadership role, uh, whether they know it or not. <laughs> but them looking for thumb, you know, them looking for extra responsibilities, them taking on new challenges, uh, 
man, that's how things get done. Yeah. And I think, I think, I guess, I guess if we're going to move to close, I think there are a few things that everyone needs to keep in mind as you develop as a leader. And like, here are some, I guess, some things that have helped me over the last three years or in two years, two and a half years is this um, number one, be a problem solver. Um, if you can't solve problems, you're going to have be a hard time. It's going to be hard for you being a leader. You can't depend on someone else to tell you exactly what to do. There is no, here's what you do for leaders because leaders are the people who have to create and solve problems. Be inspirational. Being inspirational moves the heart. Being able to tell stories that connect people to other people are the things that's going to connect you to other people along those same lines. Um, you can't be the center of the universe anymore. You have to uh, allow others to be the center of your universe. And then you have to make them the center of the universe. It's about everyone else and it's not about you. Um, and as far as, or you have to have someone next, you have to have someone that's going to pour into you because you should be spending all day pouring into someone else never openly reflect about your job to people at your job. It's way more safe to have people outside of your job to be transparent with because in a sense, that's going to refuel you and give you what you need. And then you also need to surround yourself with people who will tell you the truth and friends who won't let you quit. If you have friends that are saying, yeah, go, you know, it's, go ahead and quit because leadership is hard. And around November or the, the first six or seven months, if you're just starting out, you'll be like, man, it's about, it's about time for me to, to pack it in. So make sure you have friends who tell you that you're crazy if you want to quit. Yes. That isn't greener on the other side. I love that. All right. There you go. That's a wrap. Jamal, <clears throat> like always, uh, it was good to, good to have you back. Uh, yeah. Although I got to tell one last funny story um, at uh, FETC, uh, mm -hmm. I was complaining about, well, I wasn't complaining. I was like, man, it was such a different temperature change when I got here. I think it was like 38 when I left Indianapolis and then it was 80 in Miami. And wow. so uh, Jethro Jones, who's got a, his own podcast and just a great guy. He says, I left Fairbanks and it was negative 27. Oof. That was a hundred and seven degree difference. <laughs> My goodness. One hundred and seven degrees. My goodness. So I'm like, what are you doing living in Fairbanks? But to each his own. Yeah. <laughs> Miami. Although FET's moving, they're gonna do it in New Orleans next year, from what I understand. So, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> Mixing it up. Mixing it up. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, but you know, if you ever any, you want Jamal to weigh in further, man, I strongly recommend uh, you you get a hold of him. Uh, you can always drop a comment. We always read them. But uh, Jamal's Jamal's a, a ninja when it comes to uh, law school, a lot of school leadership. So give him give him give him some feedback. All right, man. Well, cool. Enjoyed uh, doing another podcast with you. Oh, by the way, uh, thanks to our, our friends at uh, is Chris Nessie. He reposted our uh, our our rant on why we hate TikTok, uh, 
and it has gotten thank you, Chris. It has gotten <clears throat> thousands of downloads uh, really? because yeah, oh yeah, because <laughs> he did a okay. Well, he did a, a he's about ready to uh, release a why he loves TikTok. So he's like, okay, listeners, listen to what Don Jamal said. Let me know what you think. And so uh, there's people out there like TikTok. That's fine. I stand by what I said. <laughs> I, I do too. I, I'm 45. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, Chris runs a great show. And uh, I look forward to him releasing that one because I even told him like, hey, man, we can have this debate live on there if you want. But uh, I don't want it to seem like it's adversarial. Chris is just a great guy. So... <laughs> All right, man. Well, again, Jamal, I missed uh, missed having you last week, so I'm glad we're back on track, and uh, let's do it again next week. Sure.